What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to a bonus episode of Locked on Blazers, typically available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube, coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday, except for this week when we're just doing one every day of the week because it's big news time and the biggest news has finally dropped. It is... Lillard time in the worst way imaginable. Damian Lillard has requested a trade shortly before 9 a.m. on July 1st, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, The reports came out first from Chris Haynes and then pretty much everyone else who's the big news breakers and brokers in the NBA that Damian Lillard has notified the team that he would like to be traded. And his sights are set very squarely on the on the Miami Heat, although some reports suggest that he would be open to the Brooklyn Nets as well. But it seems like the Heat, who have felt like the, the sort of inevitable place that Dame wanted to go for a couple weeks, seem to be the place he wants to go. Darn. I want to say this. I think in the end, this might be better for both Damian Lillard and the franchise. I think they got themselves into a place where this was the best route, probably. Not even probably. I think this is the best route, just for the sort of holistic building of the franchise, for what Dame wants, for kind of how it works and all that. But it still stinks, and it's the end of an era of one of the great Blazers of all time. Uh, For my money, I've said on this podcast, I think he's the greatest Blazer of all time. I think requesting a trade at the end of your tenure um, changes the... the, um, Timber a little bit, change the chamber a little bit. It changes the the sort of feel of how you will remember Dame. But it, at, at worst, he's the second greatest blazer ever. Apologies to Bill Walton. Longevity matters. And the end of that era, 11 seasons beginning in 2012 when he was the number six overall pick, it stinks. It stinks. And I think it's, I think it is right for, to be, to feel sort of, Maybe sadness isn't the right word, but like like the inevitable sort of crashing down is unfortunate. It's a bummer. I think it's I think it's right to be bummed about this, even if it is the sort of right basketball thing to do. This was inevitable, though. This was always felt like it was coming. You know, as many times as Joe Cronin said that he was excited and anxious and so ready to build a winner around Dame, he never did that. And the steps he took as a GM were mostly the other direction. And like I said, maybe the best course for the holistic view of the franchise, but his actions never matched up directly with his words, and it really came to a head on draft night. At exit interviews, Damian Lord was more than clear, abundantly clear about the direction of the franchise. Trade the pick, and I'll be involved because get me veteran help, or don't trade the pick, and what he would say is we will have a conversation about what's next. He said it at exit interviews very clearly and plainly, as clearly as you can, as clearly as a statement as you can make. If they draft another 19-year-old, I'm gone. He said it again weeks later in an interview on ESPN. He said it again weeks later in an interview on Showtime where he specifically said the two places he would, if he considered a trade, the things that hypothetically he'd want to go was Miami and Brooklyn. Guess where he wants to go now that he's requested a trade? You got to trust the man when he speaks. If you listen to the podcast, I was trusting the man when he speaks. Dame laid out what he wanted the franchise to do. He laid out what he wanted the Blazers to do for him. Said, I'm done with 19-year-olds. That route is not my route. 
Then the Blazers moved up in the lottery. And they probably had, once they got the third pick in the draft, they probably just had to draft Scoot Henderson. Or, you know, maybe if it was Brandon Miller, you can debate it. But once it became three, it was like, that's such a good asset. You don't want to just like trade flip that for OG and Anobi or whatever. That doesn't make sense. It's not, that is a ripoff. You do not want to get ripped off. That's not the, that's, it can't be, that can't be the move. It made things more complicated. It really did. Moving up to three in the draft made things more complicated with Dame's future. But when they drafted Scoot Henderson, and then they didn't make a trade with flipping Anthony Simons or the 23rd pick or anything on draft night. When they came into the next, when they came into the press conference the following day after the draft with three rookies in hand, super excited and so ready to build a winner around Dame, their actions didn't line up with his request. And this was inevitable. This was inevitable. This was always going to be the way it went because Damian Lord said, that route is not my route. And then they went that route anyways. And as many times as Joe Cronin said he was ready to build a winner around Dame, and they, they uh, a few days after the draft, the following week, because Dame was in, in Paris for Fashion Week, or whatever, fa- some sort of fashion show. I don't know what that is. I may be, I may be uh, speaking out of turn there. He was, he was doing a fashion thing in, in Paris. Comes back to America. Comes back to Portland. Meets with Joe Cronin. And Joe Cronin released a statement that said, we had a good conversation. We're excited to build a winner around Dame. But he hadn't done it yet. You go into the first night of free agency, and what the Blazers do is they agree to a fat contract with D- Jeremy Grant. Five years, $160 million. You kind of have to do that if you're going to keep Dame happy, right? This is like, bring Jeremy back and make some other moves. They didn't make any other moves. Maybe there's no other moves to make. Maybe when they didn't trade those draft picks, who were their biggest things to trade in order to get better, when they chose not to go that route, they doomed themselves to this fate. And so on Saturday morning, Dame did what has seemed inevitable. Um, we've, you know, I've, I've talked about it on this podcast since May about a, a potential Dame trade, um, you know, to varying levels of blowback from fans. Some people who are super, super into it. Some people who think that I am misconstruing Dame or was misconstruing Dame's words and he always wanted to be here. But this felt like because, because trading the pick was not the right move. Once you got the third overall pick because you couldn't get the right value back. And because they didn't make any other moves on draft night, and because now they're stuck with how do you actually get like real value for for Anthony Simons that makes you like a winner that Dame would be comfortable with because he wants a puncher's chance. You're gonna end up here. You're gonna end up here. You're gonna end up at the end of the era, the end of an all-time Blazer great, a unanimous Rookie of the Year, seven-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, just just. One of the great players to ever wear a jersey. A dude who really loved being in the community. Moved all his family up here from Oakland. Um, He's in the process of building a giant house for them. So I assume he'll be here in the future. A guy who made himself part of the team, part of the franchise, part of the community. But then it ended like this. And sometimes it ends this way. Sometimes it really, really does. Um... You don't, you want it to go out with a storybook ending. The parade down Broadway, your spot outside El Gaucho, and Damian Lillard telling all the haters that he told them so that he could do it his way. But he's got deeper into his career, more than a decade in one place. The man who was fiercely loyal and it became a a distinct part of his brand and identity started to feel the pressure, the mortality of his of his NBA career kind of press up against his wishes. 
He wants to win and be on a competitive team. And the Blazers, since Joe Cronin took over, have not really built that competitive team. They tore down a very expensive but like playoff caliber roster. And, you know, they gave Dame a, a, a contract extension. They traded for Jeremy Grant. But the other moves, the sort of ancillary moves around those two, other than, I guess, signing Yusuf uh, uh, Nurkic to a four-year contract, were mostly getting younger and cheaper and was setting up a narrow, very, very narrow road. When at the trade deadline, the first two trade deadlines that Joe Cronin, he's, he's been in charge for two trade deadlines. The first two trade deadlines, when he didn't add veterans that can kind of like incrementally get the team better and be part of the future. You kind of set yourself up for this. Like I said, I think Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons and the future of the Blazers is going to be fun and entertaining. And obviously we'll cover it all here. But for now, they got to figure out what they're going to do. I anticipate that this does not drag on. If you've been listening to the podcast, uh, shout out to my everydayers, and even those of you listening to bonus episodes that I'm recording on a Saturday morning. I don't think this would drag on. I don't think this goes into the to the regular season. I think this gets taken care of in the summertime in the next couple weeks. The thing is, the people who are interested in Dame, it's a limited, very limited scope. He's a very specific type player. You know, he's he's 33 years old. He's really stinking good. He wants to play for a winner, and he's got a super expensive contract. It was always going to be a limited number of suitors who wanted to be a win, because they were trading for a win-now piece. I don't think he's going to have this big, robust market, and I think the Blazers, for the most part, are going are going to honor his requests. I think he ends up in Miami some way, somehow. If you've been listening to the program, it's kind of what we've been talking about. Earlier this week, I, I did a crossover episode with the guys at Locked on Heat, and we, we discussed what it would look like. Let's revisit a little bit about what it might look like. But first, I want to tell you about FanDuel, sponsor of this podcast. And if you want to get involved with FanDuel, it's a great time because right now you can head on over to FanDuel and get up to 200 excuse me, yes, 200 hundred dollars back in bonus bet and bonus bets back 10x your money 10 times your first bet so you put in 10 bucks you're gonna excuse me 20 bucks you're gonna win 200 dollars 200 dollars you can spend betting instantly so go double your money with your first bet it's bonus backs if you don't win bonus bets back if you don't win take a big swing if you miss you're gonna get another chance at it so sign up today fanduel.com slash locked on to get $200 back in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. It's official betting partner of the NBA. All right. So what's the trade going to look like? I think Brooklyn had a better package than Miami, but then Brooklyn sent Joe Harris to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, my preferred sort of... Uh, uh, Brooklyn package was expiring. So like, take a <clears throat> excuse me, take a flyer on Cam Thomas. Expiring Spencer Dinwiddie. Expiring Joe Harris. Money works. The the Nets have a boatload of picks uh, that they can trade from from Philly and from the the Kevin Durant Phoenix trade. Those those Phoenix trade those Phoenix picks down the line are pretty enticing because um, they might be they might be bad once once uh, once this era ends and and having unprotected picks into the future from from Phoenix sounds pretty enticing I think the um, you know obviously you want back a young player and a young exciting contract and a blue chip um, piece but I don't think you're gonna get that if you acquiesce Dame's trade demands and I don't think teams that trade for a for Dame there's not gonna be a teams that offer stuff for Damian Lord for places he doesn't want to be. 
Going to have to find a three-team three trade to make it work. But when Brooklyn traded Joe Harris, their sort of appeal of their package went down a lot. I don't think the Blazers should absorb the Ben Simmons contract, even though they could. So uh, while I think Brooklyn has a much more enticing collection of picks to trade, Miami might have a slightly better lead because slightly... Like Miami's package, which kind of gross, got better by virtue of 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 what Brooklyn does does and does not have to offer at this moment. Your mileage may vary on this stuff. If you prefer the Brooklyn package, that's fine. Um, I don't think I prefer the Miami package, but I think that's Dame's preferred destination. I think it's the most realistic. Let's talk about what it looks like. It centers around Tyler Hero, and then it's either it's either the expiring contract of Kyle Lowry you throw in there, or it's or it's Duncan Robinson, some combination of Nikola Jovic, a young player. Um, and then the, the Heat can trade up to three picks. I think the Heat's future picks are pretty appealing, but they're future picks. They're like, they're like picks in 2029 and, 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 and deep, you know, 28 and 2030, like they're deep. Um, Miami would have to unprotect a pick they owe to OKC and I assume they will, and then they can trade, uh, their, their 2025 pick. Um, and it's, or excuse me, 2026 picks. So like it's 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 picks that are far out. But I think you want far out picks if you're trading with the Heat. Like it's not immediate return, but like the picks where Pat Riley has retired <laughs> and Damian Lord is 40 and Jeremy and excuse me, Jeremy, and Jimmy Butler is 40 and those dudes are not in the NBA anymore. That's when you want the Miami Heat's picks. Like it's not immediate return, but it's um not it, there has there's some value down the line there. Tyler Hero not, does not have much value to the Blazers. Um, he's a very similar player to Amphrey Simons. I think it'd be totally fine to sit right here and say that Amphrey Simons is better than Tyler Hero. I know I said that earlier on the podcast, earlier on this very podcast earlier this year. Um, yeah, like uh, Tyler Hero has very little value to the Blazers. He's young and talented, but um, they have a bunch of young, talented guards. It's the place that they're most stacked at is like guards under 25 who are good. Guards under 24 who are good. I guess Amphrey Simons is 24. So 24 and under is what I should say. So I think the best bet for the Blazers is to find it over the next 36 hours, a week, whatever it takes, is to find a suitor who is interested in taking on Tyler Hero and will give up some stuff for it and make it into a larger three-team trade. I think that's their best path. I think I think the Miami Heat, because of Tyler Hero, like Tyler Hero is the best player. It's a talent league. You kind of want to get talent and then reroute it if need be. Um, I think that's the move. And I think... Um, I think they found themselves in a position where they're going to get a crappy return because they're going to do right by Dame. They're not going to hold him hostage and they're not going to send him like to Orlando just for the sake of Orlando. I'm not even sure the Magic would trade for him, right? Because of, again, like timeline and and cost and, and what it would take to get him up, right? There's going to be a limited number of suitors. It's going to be really specific teams. And I think the Blazers are going to acquiesce Dame to some extent about where he wants to go. He doesn't have, um, he doesn't have a no trade clause or anything like that. But he has a big old contract, and he's been pretty clear about his preferences. No team is going to trade for someone that doesn't want to be there that is also very expensive and requires a lot of assets to acquire. Um, it's just, it's a limited window. Dame has some Dame has some power here, and he's exercising that. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the package looks like. If I had to guess, it, it, um, I would recommend if you haven't, go listen to the Locked on Heat uh, pod crossover that I posted. It was Tuesday's show of this week, so look for it. On, that is June 27th's show, if you want to go back and listen to that one. It's about 30 minutes on what the package would look like, why Miami, all that stuff with the guys who host Locked on Heat. It's a really, it's a really sort of good look at that. Um, and then come back 
you know, this is a bonus show. It's a little bit shorter than our typical episodes, which are 30 minutes, Monday through Friday, five days a week, the only Daily Trailblazers podcast available wherever you got podcasts and on YouTube. But we're going to keep rolling with this. You know, I recorded a show late Friday night. I'm recording it Saturday morning when news breaks. You will see me, if you're watching on YouTube, in front of this camera. If you're listening, you will find me in your earbuds or your speakers or in the car, wherever you're listening. Tell your friends about the show. Come back for more Dame stuff. We will cover it as it happens. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.